This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And here we, after a last swig of coffee, go for a full hour of Bulls Beat. Derek Sharp here. It's been at least a couple of years since we've done the hour-long version of the show. I know we've gone 45 minutes oh, about a year ago when there was just one of these busy weekends, but this was a weeknight, and probably, in fact, almost not even probably, you can say for sure, not including football, the best regular season night in USF sports history. There have been big games in postseason tournaments to get to the NCAA tournament, but as far as the regular season goes, I think Wednesday night, February the 22nd, that's right, 2-2-2, was one to remember, that's for sure. So in our first segment, we will concentrate fully on the men's winning the war on I-4, sweeping the Knights for the first time in 30 seasons. You know it was a good night when our third segment will include details of the baseball team coming back from down 8-3, in the ninth inning to beat the seventh-ranked Florida Gators. Yes, that happened. We won't have any highlights of it because it was a Gator broadcast, and, of course, we did not have it on Bulls Unlimited. Like I said on yesterday's show, there were four sports going on at once, and they all won five for five while we were wrapping up a very exciting 93-83 women's basketball win on senior night. Those highlights coming up in our second segment of our hour-long show. Attention first turned immediately to the men's game, and then I noticed what was going on in Gainesville. And then after that was all done, it was just up to softball to try and come back from one nothing in the sixth inning, and as I'm thinking it, they were doing it. So softball wins a doubleheader against FGCU. We will, again, normally lead off with this, but baseball and softball will be in our final segment. So men's basketball here, full highlights, full interview with Brian Gregory postgame. Second block will be all the exciting stuff that happened at the Yingling Center on senior night. Dulcie Fankamengiadu and Elena Chinecki had great games. Sammy Puisis threatened to upstage them with a near career high, but yeah, it was all good stuff. And you'll hear what Jose Fernandez told us afterwards. And then finally, yes, baseball and softball, especially that comeback win for baseball, made it the special night that it was. Let's go over to Orlando. Bulls were great, as we told you on yesterday's show, the last time they played UCF, but that was at home. The last four years, the return trip has not been kind. And in fact, it had been 30 seasons since the Bulls swept the series. And funny thing, I went back and looked at that season, 92-93. It was the year after the Bulls made their NCAA tournament trip. And they went 8-19. and They were 2-10 and in the Metro. UCF was not a conference opponent, but they played them twice in Tampa early in the season. Then the Bulls would lose their next three. They would lose nine of ten, and they got back on track by beating UCF 77-72. to On this night, it was a typical return trip to Orlando. At least it looked like that at the beginning, as the Knights couldn't miss anything from three. They were seven for 11, but the Bulls, first of all, were getting every rebound when UCF you know, it was nice enough to miss. Bulls were turning it over a few times, but not many. Only five in the first half against a defense that really harps on that. And, oh, yeah, the Bulls were making their shots as well. The rebounding count in the first half was 23-12 USF, including, by the way, three from Doc Mordar 
a true freshman who was in the starting lineup for Russell Chiwa, who was a little under the weather. Oh, he would play in this game. The Bulls shot 62% in the first half. That also helped. And they started to hit the threes after it was a 6-0 lead in that category. The Bulls started to grab some of those and started to grab some highlights. Thanks to one Keyshawn Bryant. Your first half highlights up to the highlight of all of them. And there were plenty to come. That's to Hendrick. Sam Hines all over. He goes baseline. Sam runs into him. Now he bounce passes to Johnson who cuts to the basket. Gets it for the layup. He shook free from Tyler Harris, and UCF is off to a fast start. Here come the Bulls the other way. Jameer Chaplin to the baseline, picks up his dribble, gets it to Doc. Up and under move, layup is good. Doc Mordar goes right to the basket. Rebound goes up in the air. Doc Mordar comes down with it, gets it off to Tyler Harris, and here come the guys in slime. Trailing 10-8. Tyler comes off the screen on the perimeter, gets into the paint, fires the man in the corner. That's Hines. Around two guys, they gamble on it. Now it's Conwell. Wide open for three, lets it fly. Bingo! Ryan Conwell, who has been seeing a huge basket over the last two games, gives the Bulls the lead 11 to 10. Bulls are off to a great start. And you see up here's Hines. Or Hayes throws an alley-oop. I'm sorry, it was Harris. The ball was in the air. I was searching for the name. And Keyshawn Bryant searched for the ball and flushed it with one hand. That literally was him floating through the air like a butterfly. And he hung in the air and dunked it with his left hand. That was pretty. 10.06 to go in the first half. Midway through, and the Bulls have a two-point lead. Pressure by UCF. They throw it down the near sideline. Here come the Bulls. Three on one. Here's an alley-oop. Look out. Keyshawn Bryant. He just threw it down with two hands. A rim rocker. An earth shaker from number 23. That's two dunks for Keyshawn Bryant. Both of the highlight reel variety and a great pass by Selton Miguel. Oh, it's everything we thought it was going to be and more. 35-31 Knights. Hendricks, ball fake, goes to the basket. There's a great block by Bordar who went straight up, and he got the block. Here's Keyshawn Bryant down the far sideline. Keyshawn drives it all the way. Goes to the basket. Oh, my goodness gracious. He just tore the rim down. Keyshawn Bryant just dunked on the entire Magic Kingdom. That was filthy. Filthy. Almost should be outlawed. What a play by Keyshawn Bryant. Oh, my heaven's sakes. Horton launches an air ball. Three on the other end and misses. Sam Hines gets the rebound. Here comes Tyler Harris in a two-point game. Tyler into the paint. Goes to the basket. His left-handed layup is good. We're tied at 35 with 444 to go. It's a timeout. Oh, my gosh. 30-second timeout. Uh, Keyshawn Bryant just it knocked me on my backside almost watching that. He goes the length of the court through the lane with a dunk that would have would have just you know whipped through butter it was unbelievable <laughs> joey Keyshawn bryant just walked into someone else's house with mud on his shoes and stomped all over their rug is what he did he, that was yeah. so nasty yeah he he knew what he wanted and he took it he didn't take what they gave him he took what he wanted that will be one to watch over and over and over. My, oh, my. As the kids like to say, Keyshawn Bryant has eaten and there are no crumbs. I mean, that was really, really nasty. Yep, that's cleaning up after yourself right there. That's amazing. That's His athleticism is off the chart. When I saw it, of course, we were doing the women's basketball game, and again, you'll hear those highlights. No dunks, but a lot of great ones in the second block. I thought, I'm sure that was a good call by Jim and Joey. Uh, that pretty much summed up that play and what I love and I always do this is getting the reactions and when the other team's bench sort of goes whoa you know it was impressive the UCF night fans were some of them 
turning around and standing up. It was just that kind of unbelievable moment. As we're taping this, it's early, and I haven't checked Sports Center, but obviously Keyshawn Bryant will be all over it. And what's more important is it got the team, and you heard the Tyler Harris layup after that, into a flow, into a rhythm, into a confidence level, and they would carry it over to the end of the half. The Harris tying layup you just heard made it 35 all after the Bulls had never been down more than four in the game. They would get to that margin and more before the half was done. Tyler Harris playing off the ball this time. Gets it to Selton Miguel. They leave him alone. He's going to load up a three. Miguel from distance. It's good, and the Bulls have the four-point lead to match their largest cushion. And the Bulls are shooting 61% from the floor. They've made four straight. Miguel to Harris. Not out of his range. Dribble penetration. Almost lost it. Back to Doc. Now here's Harris. He's on the logo. Fires a three. He got another three. He points to the logo. He was at the tip of the F on UCF. And that was from 30 feet. And the Bulls lead by five, their largest margin. Well, Tyler is very theatrical and didn't disappoint on that one. He makes a, a deep, deep three. Another high-scoring night in the American. Selton's going to go to the basket. Leaves it into the corner. Jameer Chaplin corrals. Fires a three. Splash down for Jameer Chaplin. The Bulls lead by eight with 30 seconds to go before the break. And that was the halftime score when Tyler Harris is making those long distance threes. You know it's probably going to be a good night. And it was 48 to 40 at the break. Again, the Bulls shot 62.5%, 20 for 32, 5 for 9 on threes, a couple for Tyler. Heard Ryan Conwell in there. He just had one bucket, but he would uh, play a pretty important role in this game. Ithiel Horton on the other side was there. Red-hot shooter, scored 15 points, made four threes. But percentage-wise, the Bulls had a much better number. The number that was a little concerning was just three of six at the free throw line. And, oh, yeah, we'll get there. But before we get there, the lead got even higher. And I'm talking about quick to start things off in the second half. Russ gets it back to Tyler on the right wing. Bluffs the three-point shot. Kicks it to Ryan Conwell. Relocates. Step back. Straight on three. Ryan splashed down for Agent Zero. The Bulls lead by 11. They come out of the locker room with a dart. To the near corner goes to Conwell. Baseline move around two guys. Kicks in the corner to Jameer Chaplin. Back to Tyler Harris at the top. Left wing three. Loads it up. Fires. Good! Tyler Harris! The Bulls lead by 14. They've got a pair of triples out of the locker room. Up by 14. Game was over. And, of course, no one thought that. You didn't think that. I didn't think that. But we didn't think what would get UCF back into the game so quickly was a little help from the Bulls point guard leader who was feeling the intensity in the war on I-4 in his first full year immersed in it, feeling it a little bit too intensely here. The reach in, Tyler Harris on the ground. And this has happened more than once now, Joey, where they are jumping Tyler Harris. He's got to get rid of the ball before that double team yep. shows up. It can't be a one-man show. He's got to keep the ball moving. I know a lot of times, and, and, and he's done it with some success, where he, he dribbles, 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 spins, pirouettes, and takes a shot. But the ball has to, has to keep moving. And there's a technical foul on Tyler Harris. Boy, this is what you absolutely cannot do yep. to swing the momentum of this game. Tyler's going to go to the bench. Yep. And deservedly so. Boy, this isn't just absolutely what you don't want to do. You give them free throws or a great free throw shooting team and the ball back. Free throw by Kelly is good. So with 17-22 left to go in the game, Tyler picks up the personal foul. 
and the technical foul. So that gives him three, and they make both free throws, and they get the ball back because this, this crowd wants to get involved. Here's Kelly to the basket off the window and in. That's a four-point possession. You can feel it building, Joey. Yep. You can feel it in the building. Of course you can. Um, obviously, when Tyler Harris picked up the technical, you knew that was a, a big flash point in the game, and the Knights are slowly building upon that and making this a ball game again. It's down to 10. Picked up by Jameer Chaplin. Champ gets past him. He's going in the open court. He gets hit. The ball knocked away as he's in mid air. He got clobbered, no call. He got clobbered, no call. Here's UCF the other way for a three. What an awful sequence. Jameer Chaplin's going on a breakaway and just got waylaid. And now Brian Gregory wants a timeout. And Horton just got pushed by Brian Gregory as well. Yeah, this was not smooth sailing over in Orlando, nor again would you expect it to have been, but that slight wobble there led to a big-time get-back to within seven, and on various occasions, the Knights would close it to three. And then, well, before we get to the missed free throws, the Keyshawn Bryant portion resumes. A fourth highlight reel dunk followed by a pretty important three-point shot. What a game he had. Selton quickly into the front court. Gets a screen from Corey Walker. Selton's going to go to the basket. Here's Keyshawn Bryant. Go to the basket. <laughs> he just dunked over the rest of Epcot. Animal Kingdom. The Princess. Aladdin. They all got it. Holy smokes. What My a dunk. goodness. Keyshawn Bryant with his fourth dunk, and that may have been the hardest most resounding we've seen tonight. That was on all of the UCF defense. Right side, Hendricks. He loads up a three. Good. It's 64-62. And Joey, the Bulls are just really, really loose with the ball because they have no guards. They have no guards. They have Tyler Harris and Ryan Conwell on the bench with four fouls each. They're really in a, a very, very tough predicament right now. The UCF guards are just attacking people with the ball. Trying to get steals. Walker to Hines. Goes between the legs. Gets into the paint. Leaves it inside to Walker. Reverse layup ripped out of his hands. No call. Here comes UCF the other way. The Bulls are complaining instead of getting back on defense. Here's Horton on the left wing. Spin move on Hines. He gets into the paint. He got tripped. No call. And Sam Hines ends up with the ball. Sam with a lead pass to Keyshawn Bryant. He's going to load up a three right side. Bingo! Number 23 saves him again. That he did. Keyshawn Bryant was clutch every which way you can be in this game and yeah, put on a show while he was doing it. So five-point lead, a couple of turnovers starting to creep into the mix. In fact, quite a few starting to creep into the mix along with the missed free throws. The Bulls would miss four front ends. Obviously, you can only have three front ends each half, but that's eight potential points missed out there. And a couple of those front ends when it was a three-point game, we won't replay all of them, but you get the vibe pretty clearly here from Jim and Joey on how things were starting to look like the Knights were going to come back and win. Russ to shoot two. First one off the front rim, no good. Well, it's maddening, Joey. Maddening. Could end up costing the Bulls the game, their inability to hit these free throws. It's happened. Seven of 14 right now. It's happened a couple times this season already. Second free throw, no good. Seven of 15. Wow, rebound UCF. Four and a half to play, Bulls by three. They're just hanging on for dear life. Conwell on the handle. One-handed pass to Sam Hines, right side to Keyshawn Bryant. Double team comes. He goes between the legs. He's going to elevate and fire. Keyshawn Bryant around the rim and off, and a rebound by UCF. 
2.19 to go. Here's Kelly back the other way. Right side pass. Horton spots up for three. Let's fly. Missed it. Long rebound. Tipped it by UCF. And Young gets it. Back to Kelly. He'll load up a three for the tie. Missed it. Wow. That was halfway down and it popped out. Bulls with the rebound. Two minutes to go. They lead by three. Bulls are dodging bullets right and left. <laughs> like the Matrix. Under two minutes. Beginning with a three that made it 68-65 with eight minutes still to go. The Knights had six ensuing three-point tries, any of which would have tied the game, and of course you mix in the missed free throws. However, they would get it to a one-point game as we near the minute mark, and that Keyshawn Bryant three-pointer that we had that made it a five-point margin, that came with more than eight minutes left. So we're talking seven minutes without a field goal, but this one started to bring it home for USF. Here's Miguel out near midcourt. Oh, this place is electric right now. 72-71 USF. Miguel. Cross court to Conwell, 14 on the shot clock. Chi would have set a screen. He rolls to the basket. They leave it to Sam Hines. Sam goes between the legs. Sam kicks it on the perimeter. Conwell, step back, launches a three. Oh, he did it with 55 seconds to go. USF leads by four. Ryan Conwell makes his fourth triple. He has 14 timeout UCF, and a babe led them. The biggest basket of the game, the biggest basket of Ryan Conwell's college career. Puts the Bulls up 75-71. Ice water in his veins, a three-pointer from the freshman from Indianapolis. Just a smooth stroke, no hesitation, and again, the only field goals it turns out the Bulls made in the last eight minutes. Then UCF was kind enough to miss, actually, the Bulls with some solid defense. They get the rebound. And then you'll hear Brian Gregory speak about this. After UCF got fouled, made a couple free throws to cut it to four with still 30 seconds left, Knights call timeout, and in comes Sorrell Smith for his first action of the game. He was in there for one reason, to shoot free throws. He got fouled a second later. He would make them both. Here's how that sounded. We'll not include the slight miscalculation shooting a three. Selton Miguel fouled a UCF player who made the first two free throws, but missed the third intentionally and was in the lane. So Sorrell Smith definitely deserves some clips. And then the final call, maybe a while, before the Bulls are back in Orlando for the war on I-4, but for now, it's a pretty good way to leave off. Sorrell is 12 for 15 on the season, an 80% shooter as a career. He's 79 and a half. Let's it fly. Oh, and ice water in his veins. He makes well, it. There you go, Sorrell. There's a lot of made shots in your life in gyms all over St. Petersburg. You never had a big, bigger shot than that one. Again, two free throws the rest of the way for both teams. He makes the first one, 78-73, and he makes nice. the second one, 79-73. Boy, is that huge, and now Sorrell will come out of the game. Sorrell comes in for the first time tonight and hits two free throws. The Bulls have swept UCF by the final score of 82-75. to It's a final. And it's a sweep in the war on I-4 in men's basketball and women's basketball. USF has beaten the Knights in both sports going 4-0. Better watch this layup line because there was a lot of hostility during this game as the two teams meet at center court. A lot of respect for Brian Gregory and Johnny Dawkins. We're going to keep it here, Joey, just to be safe because, again, there was a lot of talk in this game between the players and the fans, no doubt. It's never easy coming in this place and winning, but boy, is this one gonna be sweet because it might be the last one for a while. This is one of the sweeter USF wins I've seen in a long time, actually. I think these guys can float home on I-4. 
This this one will this one was a milestone. This this one could linger. This one could could prompt a really good kick at the end of uh, of this season. And here we go. It's Darius Johnson and Keyshawn Bryant going nose to nose in the layup line, and Selt Miguel is telling him to move on. Or no, that's P.J. Edwards. That's P.J. Edwards. P.J. Edwards barely played, and now the coaches are trying to get involved. Had a feeling something like this might happen. And the Bulls are telling the Knights to go to their locker room. Michael Durr playing peacekeeper. Michael Durr knows a lot of people on that USF roster, no doubt. And he's playing peacekeeper. So the Bulls will head to the locker room. It's all over. That's all there is. There isn't any more. 82-75. Bulls win. It did get pretty intense, and you heard that the former Bull was playing peacekeeper. So was Larry Dixon, assistant coach for the Bulls. You would expect it not to have been too friendly of a handshake line after all that went down in that game. Bulls win it, as you just heard, 82-75. to 75. We'll get some final numbers your way in a second, but as we get to the normal half-hour running time of this show with the full interview with Brian Gregory, Jim and Joey, with the head coach afterwards. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations on a very hard-fought win, uh, and secondly, an instant classic. What a game. I'm exhausted. We are, too. Just, just exhausted. <laughs> Unbelievable game. Um, I'll say it, I'll say it a hundred times over. Um, you know, it's an emotional game. Uh, both teams are highly competitive. No one in this business I respect more than, than Johnny and what he's done. And um, humbled by the, the competitiveness that our teams have played against each other over the last five years. I'm not counting year one. It was not competitive in, in, that, in that year. Uh, uh, we tried, just couldn't do it. Um, but what a, what, what a game, so many different heroes, so many different uh, positive plays. It got emotional. Our guys kind of controlled it when it was starting to tip the other way as much as you could. But, but we had a common foe and, and us fighting against a very, very good team, a well-coached team. We, we made the plays that needed to be made. Um, obviously, you know, we got a lot of guys play extremely well. You know, go down the list. You know, Doc Medora gave us a huge lift. Huge lift. Huge lift. Didn't think Russ could play that many minutes coming off the two days of being sick. Sam Hines goes to the free throw line, buries those four in a row. Critical. Ryan Conwell with the monster three. You know, just as uh, Bill Raftery says, onions. <laughs> Uh, you know, Tyler did not play one of his best games, but but in the first half was really good. You know what I mean? And got into foul trouble and lost it on the technical. Fifth-year guy, he's got to be better than that. And I, he, he's crushed that he wasn't able to help us down the stretch. Um, Chap was tremendous defensively. Our defense the last eight minutes of the game was really, really good. Selton gave us big lift after big lift. Keyshawn gave us big lift after big lift. Those two guys, tremendous defensively for us. And again, you know, Russ is going to be doubled, so it's not going to be a scoring night for Russ. Um, but he turns around, gets 13 rebounds, and completely shut down their post play. I mean, shut it down. Um, you look at the, the development that Russ has made, it's, it's incredible. Corey gave us some good stuff. And I told the team, you know, um, Sorrell's chomping at the bit to get in. And the other guys are playing good. It's eight, a lot of times it's not what, what one guy is doing, it's what the other guys are doing. But we needed him. 
and he kept his head in the game, and man, he was great down the stretch, and that shows unbelievable character, you know. Well-raised, well-coached, um, and just put everything to the side and knocked down the four free throws, so couldn't be happier. Great win for our program. It's a big picture. We don't know what's happening with this rivalry with them going to the Big 12. This could be the last game for a while. You needed a good win down the stretch to give you some momentum. We've seen a lot of your games over the last six years. It sure seems like we're sitting here and we're watching this might be one of the best, maybe the best in some ways. What do you think? Yeah, because, you know, we've had some great games against them where we've, you know, got off and made shots. And I think, you know, Jim said before, our average margin of victory at home over the four games was 17. But this was a grinded out game, which we have not really had. You know what I mean? And, and, and to be able to make the plays and get the stops down the stretch, to make the extra pass to Ryan for the three. What an unbelievable execution we had on the baseline out of bounds. Russell missed the shot, but then we get the, we get the foul on the putback and Sam makes both free throws. So, you know, just, you know, we've been close. It's hard, it's hard. And, and I don't think people realize just how much credit our guys deserve for continuing to get back to practice and fight. And, and we're not easy on them. We make them prepare. We're, we're trying to get every win, and we're going to celebrate this one, and then we'll figure out a way to see if we can get one on Saturday night. But, you know, we, we got great fans, and, and, and this game means a lot to them. So I'm just happy for our guys and happy for our fans uh, because they um, – these, these games mean a little more, and um, it was a good one to get. Talking with Bulls head coach Brian Gregory, 82-75, the final score here tonight in Orlando. Uh, coach, one of the guys, uh, Sam Hines, did so many things today. Oh. Uh, uh, let's just run down a few of them. Yeah. And, and Joey gave him maybe the greatest compliment during the broadcast. He called him the king of little things. And Sam going from diving on the floor at midcourt on a loose ball, Sam bodying up Michael Durr and not giving up an inch and stopping him down there, getting smacked in the face and oh. going on the offensive rebounds. The guy just does everything, and then he just takes his uniform off and goes home like Clark Kent. Yep, yep, right into the phone booth yeah. and puts yeah. his glasses on and gets nothing but A's in school. Yeah, you know and, and I mean? nobody's talking about Sam Hines after the game, except for you, Yeah, every, every game. We can't yeah. win without him. Right. Can't, you just can't, can't win without him. If we had tw 20, 15 of those, We'd have no 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 problems, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and, and his free uh, throws were just enormous down yeah, the stretch. Yeah, and, 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 you know, we missed a couple, you know, and uh, but no one works harder on his game. He's there every single day at 9 a.m. He goes to breakfast at Champs Grill, gets his shots up and his free throws in, goes to study hall, goes to class, and then practices his ass off every single day, every day. Every day, his his growth potential, you know, because is in, he he he'll be an all league player before it's all said and done. Because he's never going to lose the stuff you talked about, and the other pieces are just going to keep getting better and better and better. So these games are never easy. We're ne we we always deceive ourselves thinking, oh, okay, they can coast it. No, it never happens that way. 14 point lead, a technical on Tyler that kind of turned things around. He gets in some foul. You're put in a tough spot. You don't have Tyler. Conwell's in foul trouble. How did you patch it together to get the, the ball handling and, and the pressure break without those guys on the court? We just, we, 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 against Sam and Russ, and then when Corey was in, did a good job of setting some rub screens to try to open up the court a little bit. 
Um, couldn't run any offense because of their pressure. You know, uh, we have our, you know, two best ball handling guards are both out at the time. Um, but, but we kept some composure, you know what I mean? And, and um, made a, you know, a couple big plays. The, the, the drive by Keyshawn was, was critical for us because it just kind of stemmed the, the, the role that they were on a little bit. Um, we were hanging on for dear life, yeah. Joe. I'm but just I'm you, you, be honest. You never you. surrender. You got the feeling you, you can't surrender surrender the lead. That's what we were saying. They can't surrender the lead. Right. You hung on by your fingernails somehow, some way. Well, I, I think the one thing that we did is we kept getting stops. You know what I mean? Even when we weren't scoring, we got stops. Now, we had two just horrendous turnovers. <laughs> the one on Selton we, and the one on Russ, you know, that, that could cost you the game. But what we did is... We either gave up just a two, or we got a stop on the other end. And um, whew, I don't, I, you know, by the grace yeah. of God alone, how about that for yeah, an answer? I was, I was telling Jim, I said, we, you know, we, we sat here, but boy, I'd like to go home and watch this game again, because there's a lot of things I can't think of. You know, just uh, right. to break it down play by play. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that happened tonight. Coach well, I, I think, you know, the one thing that we talked about we out-rebound them 47 to 26. Just going to bring it up. That's the last thing you told me before we left the hotel. You're like, the, the better rebounding team wins this game. And you destroyed them on the glass. And 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 what that is, to be honest with you, is just grit and toughness. Mm. And and we, we challenge our guys, um, you know, and, and we don't always do it. When we do, we can compete with anybody. And it's just something that has to, and it's, it's a hard part. Because that DNA is usually built year after year yeah, after yeah. year after year. You know what I mean? Um, but we're going to get there. We, we, we got games to still be played. And, um, you know, we, we, we got to build on this one. The good, the bad, the ugly. It's going to be a hell of a bus ride home, guys. I will be at the school on Thursday with, first of all, a pretty good timing award. A new Bull Speed Ahead we're taping with Michael Kelly. He's got some special guests, including one, by the way, from the American Athletic Conference on the football schedule. But we'll, I'm sure, touch on what happened last night. And I'll try and get the vibe of that bus ride home. Yeah, the Bulls win it 82-75. They ended up shooting right on 50% on threes, 10 for 20. The Knights started 7 for 11, ended 11 for 31. Four players exactly between 13 and 14 points for USF, and that does not include the man who just got a plenty of praise, Sam Hines, five points, all at the line with seven rebounds, along with Sorrell Smith, four points, all at the line just in the last 30 seconds. Total rebounds, 47 to 26. Now here's the funny thing, kind of all along, at least the last few weeks, as the Bulls were suffering difficult losses, they were 16 to 25 on free throws, by the way, but again, seven of eight when it really mattered. I've been saying, you know, if, if you can't finish in seventh place, you might as well drop right to 10th because you want to be on the other half of the bracket as Houston. Well, guess what? The Bulls are still in 10th, but seventh is now relatively under their control. And I'll explain. If they beat SMU at home on Saturday, and they have a pretty good history at home against SMU, I might add, the Bulls may already jump from 10th to 7th. They are a game behind the seventh place team, which happens to be UCF. You know, they got a sweep against them. The eighth place team, East Carolina, a half game up on the Bulls. The Bulls have the head to head with a sweep. SMU is tied with the Bulls. And if the Bulls beat them, 
they will be ahead of them. So with with three games left, it is looking like if the Bulls win their next two at home against SMU and Tulsa, the other two teams in the bottom three right now, it won't wrap up the seventh spot because UCF's going to have to help out with a loss in there, but it is possible. How things are looking much better, even though, yes, technically, they are in the 10th spot right now. Not just a men's basketball war and I force sweep, an entire basketball war and I force sweep as the women destroyed the Knights a couple times. The updated war and I force season standings still favors UCF 24-18. But as I said on Twitter, that six points came from their cross-country team, which actually finished eighth out of 11th at the conference meet, which was, yes, better than the Bulls. But as I also said on Twitter, if you're giving... Every fan at that game last night and every UCF fan that was watching the option of eighth place at the cross-country meet or a W in men's basketball, guess which one they're not taking. Not only that, but the Bulls officially knock UCF out of NCAA tournament contention. They were hanging by a thin thread to begin with. And it is hard to move very much up or down in the net rankings late in the season just because you've played so many games. One can only move the needle so much. Perfect example was on the women's side Tuesday night where UConn lost at home to St. John's. You figure, well, that win puts St. John's in the tournament. A road win against UConn, which did not drop from the number two spot, only moved St. John's up from 58 to 54. So again, it is hard to move too far up or down. And the Knights dropped 17 spots with that loss down to 76. Of course, the Bulls are only 151, but they moved up about 20 themselves, and no, they're not going to the NCAA tournament unless they win the American Conference Tournament, obviously, but who knows? String some wins together here at the end of the season, and you may be looking at one of those auxiliary events. I'd take the CBI again, but anyway, last night, if that's all it was, was enough for now. That's not enough for this show. We've gone past the half-hour mark, which would usually be too long already, but... We've got women's basketball scoring 93 points in a thriller. We've got a thriller in Gainesville from baseball to recap, along with softball, completing a memorable 5-0 evening. More Bulls beat coming up.